We're uh, we're back. <laughs> Another episode of this is gonna be a chill episode. Um, we don't have anything super striking. We don't have an outline today, except for a couple of personality quizzes that we both took recently <laughs> that we want to talk about. But if you get bored, we don't blame you. Yeah, this is just we're in conversation. You yeah, know? we're just uh, you're just here to hang with us, and we're happy you're here. <laughs> It's the morning after, you know. We all just had the a morning great after. party last night. Yeah, we uh, found myself on a rooftop, and then it was a yacht, and then it was a. Um, but you actually had, <laughs> you actually had a date last night. I did. Oh my god, I had such a good date last night. Like the best in maybe the best ever. Wow. In terms of like a date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like what you want a date to be. Date qualities. <laughs> um, yeah, it was so nice. It was like. I knew it was going to be good when he texted me a list of 10 reservations and said, pick one. Mm. I was like, thank God. Like, I just love when people tell me what to do. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, yeah. So that was just fun. Because it makes you feel like you're at, like, a music festival. Sure. (laughs) Yes. You know, it was like, (laughs) go this part of town, this part of town, this part of town. And I was like, why not, you know? Yeah. Why not live, like, every part of LA is a different stage? Totally. (laughs) Wait, so where, where was the date like where did you end up having the date um it was at the peninsula hotel in beverly hills on the roof it was mm. called the rooftop garden i've never been there i haven't either, ever yeah. i haven't explored much of beverly hills but now i kind of want to because my parents are on the west side and beverly hills is like right there yeah know, all yeah. of a sudden and it's a fun place like i'm starting to realize like as i get older like all this like i think growing up in la you're above all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You're like, why would I go to Beverly Hills? Like, why would I do this? And when you get yeah. older, you're like, oh, this is funny. Like, I can... Maybe it is an age thing because people, you're of the age to kind of be in these circles without feeling like a little, like, mall sure. rat or something. Yeah. But I've been really enjoying, like, like Beverly Hills and, like, the Grove and, like, just the typical malls and stuff. Totally. I had um, that experience when we went to... Because Chris and I went to a premiere right before we went to Chicago. Mm. And the after party was at this place in... Century City, which is like I never go to Century City, <laughs> yeah. and I was a little bit like, oh my god, like Century City. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we got there, and it was this beautiful hotel inside outside, or mm. or restaurant inside outside with like this wraparound deck, and like it overlooked like this incredibly manicured, like lawn <laughs> situation. And I was like, you know what? It's uh, yeah, Century City's cool too. Yeah, yeah. I would I would add that to the list of like LA places that are giving. You mm-hmm. know, I had a friend or uh, someone who I dated like a year ago who was still very they're still very much in like the like alts LA but they came here for college and stayed mm-hmm. they didn't grow up in LA so they're still very much in the like alt LA like hole in the wall restaurants only why would I ever I wouldn't be caught dead at Century City yeah and I used to always recommend dates at like oh let's go to Umami Burger at the Grove and then walk around because the Christmas lights are up and like go to the Barnes and Noble and they would always think I was being ironic or yeah. like or like defiant which is so funny because originally being alt is defiant sure. and now it's like you know, and I'm like, maybe I am doing that because I love being different. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Now it's individualistic to, That's like... interesting. Hotels and Century yeah. City because, yeah, we all had our moment of being like, yeah, I know the best hole-in-the-wall taco truck and, like... They're playing at this insane garage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I guess I love all that stuff, too, but now I'm becoming a complete... I want to know everything. That's yeah, what it comes down to. Yeah, I think to. it's about having different experiences as you age, like totally it was we were definitely like in the pocket of like the correct age to do those things Mm -hmm. and now it's like okay well century city and beverly hills like these places are they're not for 
you know, broke college kids. Like, yeah, they're not. It's just impossible. <laughs> yeah. There's it a reason why we weren't, we weren't able to, like, go to a restaurant there or something like that Yeah, I feel uncomfortable. But even yeah. just walking around, like, I had a doctor's appointment uh, near Beverly Hills, and I just took a walk on Rodeo, mm-hmm. and there was a time where it would have been intimidating to me, and mm. this time it's like, I still wasn't buying anything, but yeah. I still was like, I enjoyed every second. I was like, look at all the effort they put into the freaking front, you know, the, the windows, the window art, the... What do they call it? The displays? Merchandising? Oh, window displays, yeah. <laughs> That's the thing in yeah. retail. They say, like, merchandising. Oh, totally. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Ugh, and they would act like merchandising was, like, so... Oh, my God. I used to want to be a merchandiser. I know. The merchandiser people were so cool. I remember this girl. Um, you actually knew her from Pally, Kristen Belisario. She was a merchandiser at American Apparel. Oh, yeah. She was a big fashion girl. She was so she, I think she got cool. voted best dressed at my school. She was best dressed, like, at American Apparel. So cool. <laughs> and she, like... She was the merchandiser. Well, she went out from being, like, sales girl to, like, manager, mm-hmm. and then she was like, I'm just doing merch now. And, like, she would, like, smoke weed and then, like, blast <laughs> it into the... Well, okay, so my experience with merchandising at Blick was, like, it was... And I... It was said as if it was something, like, a master's degree of, like, retail. Right. It was, like, I'm doing the merchandising. Right. Like, you can't do the merchandising. Or, like, yes. I don't think they should do the merchandising. Yeah. Yeah. Even at Blick, it was like that. And it was like, dude, we're hanging scissors and paint. Like, yes. Yes, yes, yes. I understand with American Apparel because it's fashion. American Apparel, it was beautiful. And there was a moment where I was like, I love doing installations. So this would be mm-hmm. a way to like get paid to do something I love. American Apparel was really huge. Mm-hmm. Rightfully so. American Apparel defined a generation in many Absolutely. ways. Um, Definitely. So. And they were also, you know what? They changed, I think, beauty standards. They did. Like, obviously, like, they didn't go as far. Like, uh, now things are getting more inclusive and stuff. But, like, they really created the, like, I don't know, like, agree with this. Like, I just don't have another word for it. But, like, the ugly pretty, mm-hmm. you know, or, like, the quirky pretty or, like, the... Well, they almost know. opened the door for, like, Glossier, where yeah. it was, like, the no makeup makeup vibe. No makeup makeup, yeah. And then the concept of, like, being well-dressed and literally just, like, confident... I don't know. It, like, opened up a vibe. Yeah, know? yeah. Hipster beauty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, plain... You're, you can be plain, but you can still be hot kind mm-hmm. of energy, I think. I did I did a photo shoot for American Apparel that, like, came out way later. It I remember like, when that happened, and it felt like a big deal. A huge time. deal, yeah. and then it wasn't. Because you guys went deal. to the Malibu location, right? No, we went to the downtown, like, warehouse and oh, did, yeah, like, a photo yeah. shoot there, and it was a back-to-school shoot, and I remember being like, oh, my God, like, back-to-school's a big campaign. This is going to be crazy, and mm-hmm. then... And it was fine. Like, it was sort of underwhelming in terms of, like, their little little tiny studio, mm-hmm. and... The girl taking the photo was my friend's friend, and she was very like, and can you adjust that bow in your hair? Like, <laughs> everyone was young. Everyone was so young. I was thinking about this, because I'll get into the story later with, like, going to Saddle Ranch, but I was like, right now, the teen, like, the teen simulation of adulthood for us was, like, American apparel and, like, hipster energy. Yes. It was, like, going to the flea market and being like, who's here? And, like... Yeah, uh, working being a model for American Apparel when you're 14, or like mm-hmm. somehow having a job with American Apparel when you're 16, you know. Yes. Um, yeah. And then now it's like TikTok. It's like internet fame. Mm-hmm. And I see that in LA. Like, like LA is where you see all this stuff so potently. And it's like when yeah. we were kids, it's like where would you go to like be seen? It was like American Apparel and like flea yeah. markets. And yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. Specific diners to go yeah. eat and things like that. Yeah. So yeah, it was a very like indie dominated, and now it's very internet dominated. Yeah. Love that. 
Los Angeles Apparel is now the replacement. Yeah. I have a pair of pants from them, which I accidentally got bleach on, and it's mm. so sad because they're black, and you just can't do anything about that. So that reminds me. Pair. I had a pair of pants from them that I got during the pandemic that I really loved, and I don't know where I put them. I yeah, we should are. do an order from them. Maybe I sold them or something. They are great. Yeah. Um, I know that there's what, problems with the guy. Well, Dove Charney was kind of like a gross guy, and like I actually worked with a girl later in life at a restaurant who had like had had sort of like a long-term on and off thing with him and he was like I guess sort of weirdly toxic but she kept like going back to him and it was like he was like her toxic ex yeah um but uh I always get him mixed up with that other photographer that was canceled Terry so. yeah something other yeah <laughs> Richardson. Terry Richardson yeah same energy God, hipster era, era same. Man. yeah hipster era like I'm so glad I saw it yeah <laughs> but I like, think it's, it's gonna done. come back though no because if Y2K can come back hipsters can come it's back. gonna come back after that I actually saw yeah. a video of someone saying that they're like Y2K is definitely coming back, but Y2K was in response to the 70s, mm-hmm. and it has 70s aspects mixed with, like, futuristic internet stuff. Yeah. And then the 80s and hipster culture were aligned, and she said it's just a cycle, and it's this kind oh, of, Oh, like it's every... No, evolving. it's every 30 yeah. years. But it's Chris, Chris actually, Chris of all people, <laughs> was in fashion, had an amazing point where he was like, we are cycling through things way faster than we should so much faster so like hipsters are gonna blink of an mm. eye are gonna be back and he, he was totally right like before it was like this long slow climb of mm. like whatever because people had to catch on it was they like the artists on. the artists start everything i have to say they do and then like fashion has to come in now we have fast mm. fashion where everything can just be like you're made and copied immediately you're and never, like you're never unique you can maybe you're unique for a couple months <laughs> right 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 so but now it's just we're like it feels like we're in a time machine mm-hmm. and it's just speeding up and up and up. So like you had to work to be a hipster. You had to work to be indie. You had yeah. to find music. You had to get on these whims and now totally. it's, yeah, you had to find great. like the perfect leather braid to put in mm-hmm. your hair or whatever. Also I was thinking about I always say this that the natural rise of influencers is just so like like it, it was meant to happen because mm-hmm. it was like just like saying, Oh, it was hard to be indie. It's like you would have to find someone older than you or like to influence you and give you all the tools to be more like them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and now influencers are that for us, but it's so in our face and like, you know, open, but I, I think it just, it totally makes sense. Like the same way I used to stalk, like, you know, the fashion girls that were seniors while I was a freshman. Right. right. You know, it's like, they were my influencers and now, you know, but it, it really feels more it like out. a town square in yeah. a lot of ways, which I really like in in small doses like but there are people who I've learned to respect over time on Instagram where it's like oh I know that if I get this candle they have the same taste as me Mm -hmm. and it doesn't fail like it's kind of weird now because I've never met these people yeah and I do trust their taste but it's not with anything it's not like oh this random person I see Mm -hmm. on my explore page which is why it's like Instagram always feels a little forced where they're like well this person's doing this thing and it's like I don't have any idea who they are like it's the same thing as I remember one of the first things they told us in contemporary art class was they were like, <laughs> people don't buy what you made, they buy you. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with influence. Like, I completely agree with that. And that's nothing new. You know what I mean? It's like influencers didn't start that. It's been since the beginning of time of artists. Yeah. It's like, you know, you buy a painting and you're thinking of like the rumors you've heard of them and like the lifestyle they lead mm-hmm. and like their mysticism. Who and their it's the same thing. Are. And like you buying the candle, it's like, yeah, when you buy that candle, you're like, oh, like... It's like an allegiance to their aesthetic and their yeah. their world that you respect. And, like, it's really just a bunch of voting. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Love it. Um, 
But so wait, I I don't know what Saddle Ranch is. Can you give me a little more? Okay. Oh yeah. So the date. Okay. So we go to this rooftop. So beautiful. Yeah. If anyone's, I'm really in the business of finding good rooftops mm-hmm. all the time, and I had never been to that one. Very intimate. Makes you like a little princess. It's like being a tiny princess. Because <laughs> it's like a small. It's a big hotel, but the roof is like very like petite and like. Even the bathroom, it's like you go in and it was like head to head to toe, like um, beautiful baby blue tile, like mini tiles. Oh, you know? I love that, yeah. Love mini tiles. But it was just like so aesthetically pleasing and really relaxed. And even the servers were really relaxed, um, which is always a good sign. Like yeah. it was like really chill vibes. There was no pressure. Um, very old crowd. <laughs> even at the end, like someone said to my date, they're like, are you David? <laughs> He was like, no. And he was like, you just look like someone I grew up with. <laughs> like, he was like, that chill. You know? I like that. Um, and then, so basically our plan was like, we had had this like inside, not inside joke, or like this like bit for a while about mm-hmm. getting s'mores. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Classic bit. Yeah. <laughs> it was just one of those. But it was just, he had, he had like COVID or something. And then had like a fireplace it was just like a joke that had happened over text and it was like you had to, to be there <laughs> had to be there in my phone with us and the covid and the fireplace <laughs> not even getting into it um and so we were supposed to get s'mores and so another thing that i liked was he was like okay i figured out like all these are all the ways that we could get s'mores like mm-hmm. once again guiding the experience for my sleepy ass yeah <laughs> and he was like um he was like, okay, we either get the s'mores and like go go here. We could get the s'mores kit at this place. And he was like, these two restaurants have s'mores kits, but they are only open on Wednesday. And it was like this whole thing. And then the one place that was open as fuck and had like s'mores. Um, it's like you get a big platter of s'mores makings, including like caramel sauce and chocolate sauce and peanut butter and like cookies. And you can go pretty gnarly. Mm-hmm. Uh, was Saddle Ranch. Okay. So Saddle Ranch is growing up in LA. It was just a tourist trap. It was uh. like West Hollywood has all these like, huge restaurants um it has a little bit of a vegas vibe I would very say. vegasy yeah. yeah like there's this part of west hollywood that's very but i'm trying to understand it as i get older like yeah. why people go yeah um it's almost like going to disneyland a little bit totally i mean those places yeah. but they're very loud like i was always i'm still very much like i'd prefer the quiet princess rooftop over the like loud bar with a mechanical bowl any day mm-hmm. but it has a mechanical bowl it's themed in a way that reminds you of Disneyland in the sense that there's, like, fake mannequin people dressed like a uh, saloon. It's like a saloon yeah. uh, aesthetic. Um, and but the thing is, growing up, it was a tourist trap. It was, like, this big place you'd see in the corner. You would never... You know that going in there, it would just smell like, like vodka and, like, people being sweaty and, like, manly mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Would never go there. And then they, they got a reality show when I was in my teens... And it was just a reality show about the workers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so, like, their dramas and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then that failed, but it still happened. And, like, yeah. you know, they got that out there. And I'm sure people cared and liked it outside of LA. And then during the pandemic, Saddle Ranch became, like, the mecca for, like, young celebrities and TikTokers. Like, mm-hmm. ce- like celebrity TikTokers. But a really specific type of, like, celebrity. Like, mm-hmm. hype nation, like viral tiktoker vibes okay, and like okay. probably under 25 yeah and so i still hadn't been there but i'm so aware of the saddle ranch like drama and like the, the the new the new like community they have but the reason that they excelled during the pandemic which my date told me was that they were the first people to figure out outdoor seating because their okay. parking lot was humongous mm-hmm. like they own such a huge lot because it's like a fucking 
crazy ass place. It's a ranch. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. yeah. It's literally a ranch. All um, those horses. Yeah, they they open that space up. And literally, so I, I was there, and it's like, you could probably seat like a hundred people outside, mm-hmm. and there's just these you know huge string lights, and you could see everyone. That's another part of it too, is everyone is so visible. Yeah. Like you could see the table so many feet away from you in every face, and like the way it's arranged too is that when people drive up, you see them, and it's just like the perfect like typical ass fucking thing. It's yeah. like it's like the club when you couldn't go to the club, right? Sure. And so I get there, and we're very very like aware of like the fact that we're like above it all you know what I mean mm-hmm. and we're like we're doing this ironically but like also like I'm this is funny like it's yeah. great we get there we get our like s'more set up and like that was amazing like it was so cute and then it was just the wildest um like I mean it was exactly what I expected but I still couldn't believe it was so real yeah like, the rumors are true like <laughs> It was, like, people looked 14 to 21. Wow. And it was, like, that energy of, like, a really young girl in, like, a skin-tight, like, like a bodycon dress and, like, heels, yeah. like, running around. Like, she has somewhere to be, you yeah, know? And you're yeah, just, yeah. like, I, I remember being that way. Yeah. Like, I remember being 18 and, like, feeling so cool at a party in my, like body con American apparel you know right 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 um and just so excited to like be out and like be seen and everyone looking at each other mixed with like tourist people coming to like see what it's about crazy um and it also just made me so happy to be this age yeah. <laughs> you know like I left with this just like happy like feeling of like I'm like really happy to just like be coming here to have the s'mores and like laugh you know yeah um but really hectic energy I'm sure it's so fun for them and then somebody started doing like a group of like six people just got up in the middle of everything to do a TikTok dance wow like very and I knew the TikTok dance oh my god and it's like not necessary to do you know like it's like a really easy one that takes five seconds and it's just like you like going back and forth but it was like clearly to be seen right and then Lil Xan shows up crazy who if you don't know who he is I was interested in him because he looked like somebody like a while ago when I first found out about him he like kind of reminded me of my like my first boyfriend Uh (laughs) like huge eyes like huge like light eyes and just like messy right right (laughs) and so I was like this reminds me of him and I was like I wonder if this would have been something I liked when I was this age. And I looked at his life for a while and watched him get new face tattoos for a short amount of time. So he pulled up and I was like, is that a little Zan? And my date was like, yeah, I noticed that, but I, I didn't want to say anything because I didn't feel like you'd know him. And That's I was like, so oh, funny. I know him. That's so funny. And then people were taking photos with him. And so he was like, and the other thing that was happening was people pulling up in cars. And I always like to remind people that in LA, people rent Lamborghinis and uh, Porsches and whatever else. Ferraris. <laughs> Ferraris yeah. yeah. They rent them for like a night or a weekend to pick up girls and like have that moment of pulling up to a club. Yeah. And I actually didn't know that until I worked at, when I was working at Blick, one of my coworkers who was literally this like very short, like worked in the back, like mm-hmm. a minimum wage worker with me. Um, he would do that. He was also addicted to crack. Really? <laughs> yeah. But he told me that. Wait, I don't think I know who this is. I'll I'll tell you like exactly what it's like it's like it's attached to a really sad story that you definitely know that I told you about about like okay she probably doesn't listen to this but she like got pregnant the girl at my work oh in the West LA location yeah and I like talked to her on my roof about it yeah and then she just it was like so toxic yeah. And they would have sex like in the fucking brain. They would have yeah. sex in the oh, I in that. the loading dock area. Crazy. <laughs> um and she kept the baby, right? No, no, no. That was the other girl kept the baby and she's like has a healthy relationship. Oh, this okay. person like 
she aborted the baby, but then like kept holding it over his head, and he was just so terrible to her. It was just so bad. Oh my god. I'm not gonna get into it, guys. Um, but basically, he's just this kind of like grimy dude that like, you know, like yeah. smoked crack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> like yeah. legitimately, like I'm not being like he was a crackhead. Like he literally would like. He was his eyes were getting fogged up and shit. Yeah, and he was just one of my coworkers. He was funny though. <laughs> you know, we we talk all the time. You know, um, you know, just fun coworker friend. But he would get a car for the weekend, uh-huh. like when he had extra money. He would rent a car for the night, go to a, like a club and like pull up and like dress nice and just be really like defiant. And he'd have sex with people like in his car, like women. In the rental cars. Yeah. Oh and, like, God. drop them off and just, like, the girl would think that she, she had just like... gotten with some, like, hot shot. Oh, wow. Isn't that crazy? That is so crazy. Talk about illusion pod. <laughs> <laughs> illusion pod. Straight up illusion pod. Wow. Isn't that... It's sad. And I'm trying to, like, access a part of my brain that understands how you could fall for that. But it really is... But I wonder if it's even, like, not even falling for it, but being like, fuck it, I just want to have sex in this car and, like, whatever. Yeah, and also maybe being on vacation. Yeah, where it's like, I'm in L.A. A lot of people go to L.A., go to West Hollywood, you know, go downtown, and they're like, yeah, I'm going to get with someone tonight. And then that's the goal, you know? I feel like, you know what, I'm, I understand it now in the sense that it's the feeling I have if I, like, when I went to, like, Europe when I was, like, 18, Mm -hmm. and it was, like, I would probably get with (laughs) any, like, like, everyone becomes hotter and cooler because it's part of an experience for you. Right. And, like, the sad reality is, like, yeah, it's just this, like, asshole guy that rented a car, but, like, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. That girl still had sex in a Ferrari. She didn't know that it was rented. Like, it almost would be sadder if, like, she went back home with him and it was like a complete disaster yeah Yeah, like he's providing an experience yeah definitely okay good that's i understand it now truly yeah when i go on vacation everyone becomes 10 times hotter than they are yeah i don't know where they're from (laughs) i don't know what they're doing (laughs) i've got three weeks to get a story (laughs) so we i understand everything (laughs) i understand it all but yes a lot of those kind of guys coming up which i find really entertaining Mm -hmm. like i almost I just love, I don't know, I love watching typical L.A. play out. Um, yeah, we should definitely go there. And I think we all do, you know? Yeah. I think we all, yeah, let's go there. Let's have, like, our, like, we should have an episode where we go and, like, Honestly, let's do an back. interactive pod. I also want to take you to that rooftop. I think you would love it. When I was there, mm-hmm. I was like, this is girls' time. Like, this is a girls' spot. I would love that. I was at dinner the other night and some, I was talking to some, I was talking to a couple that, they're not oh, from God. L.A., and... I was just like, it's so weird growing up in L.A. because I don't really see L.A. for L.A. in many mm-hmm. ways. And maybe if I, you know, indulge in a few more of those crazy experiences, I would. But mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, this just feels like hometown. Yeah, yeah, In yeah. so many ways. Yeah, yeah. We have, a, like, a routine and our family. Yeah. And then every once in a while, it's like, oh, like, I just had a work from home day and now I'm at a movie mm-hmm. premiere and that's L.A. Or, like, that makes sense. Or, like, I'm running off to, like, work on a set that like you know there's like certain I'm talking to Lana like, Del Rey <laughs> yeah like there's <laughs> James keeps running into having like Lana Del Rey's same room moments yeah yeah no truly so it's like there are things like that but it's just so hard to see it for what it is in a lot of ways I'm looking how much it costs to stay at that hotel because mm-hmm. it really had like big hotel vibes like I pulled up and like my Uber door was open and he was like welcome back darling and I was like Aww. I wasn't here but like but like kiss me on the cheek anyway <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
I also just love the energy of, I don't know, there's just something I love about being above LA in the sense, like we were talking about this earlier, that it's so interesting that like everybody I know has like had this conversation with me at one point that when you go to fancy restaurants or even backstage or any of these situations, it's like, it's more honorable to not be dressed up. Totally. And the way to know, like, which is such a paradox because you used to think, oh, the person who's in the highest heels and the nicest dress and like the greatest makeup is probably rolling in it. And Mm -hmm. that's true for foreigners. Mm -hmm. That's true for like when I see people from like, like Iran or like Egypt or something come here, like they really do that. But, um, for just locals it's like the people who are really doing it are like you know they just like rolled over and like came to a reservation and yeah like I really think that comes from like the I mean I can't say this for sure for sure but like the like late 80s early 90s sort of garage rock scene like mm-hmm. with Sunset Boulevard and stuff like that where they like defined going out as being sort of like we are just wearing with whatever we want and like we'll throw on our leather jacket and that's mm-hmm. like that's our outfit you know mm-hmm. like you see photos of of people going out for their evenings and it's just like they are just they look cool but they don't look like dressed up like dressed nicely mm-hmm. and I think like the 80s sort of peaked and like people sort of dressing and being like this is my outfit like this is my like skirt and my shirt and here's Mm -hmm. my hair and I'm putting it all together and then then it sort of broke down in like the 90s and I don't think we've really ever come back to that maybe in the 2000s but even Mm -hmm. then you have like the indie scene counteracting it it stuck around yeah because even like 2k was like oh we're dressing like if you look at even like Paris Hilton going out to a club it was like oh it's a ribbed tank with like funny words on it like right we're not you know it is very interesting. There is, there was sort of a renaissance, I feel like, when we were in high school, there were girls, and I was one of them, that were, would wear, like, Puritan skirts and, like, mm-hmm. really go big. Mm-hmm. But that has definitely sort of been pushed into the corners in a lot of ways, and people don't really do that anymore. Yeah, like, I personally feel, I was, like, hanging out with my friend the other day, and she was like, yeah, I feel embarrassed when I dress up. It's so funny. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, me too. Like, I just feel like it's just too much, and I'm uncomfortable, and, like... yeah. It's also, like, the sort of, there is a kind of, like, class divide and, like, being able to be so leisurely. Mm-hmm. It's, like, I don't have to prove anything, so right. I'm wearing sweatpants, but, like, oh, you know who I am, or I don't care if you know who I am, because I have the money to not even give a fuck, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I think there's, like, that energy, too, of that, like, ease, which is kind of only found in people that are doing well. Mm-hmm. Like, that ease, you know, of not having to perform and, like, prove and, like... I can really see that. Yeah. Okay, so staying at that place is like a... It's like Chateau Marmont Vines. Like okay. Like $6.95 a night. That makes sense. Uh, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's cute. Yeah. I can eat there. You should definitely eat there. <laughs> yeah, eating there was very doable. I really want to swim in a pool soon. Like, I just crave I know, it. I know, I know, I know. I just want my body, like, immersed. Like, the ocean is really nice, but it's different. Because the pool is just, like, nothing's going to happen to you. I went to... You, we should definitely on a day where you just feel like at like Surfrider Beach in Malibu. Mm-hmm. I just had never been there. Yeah, it was like the best ocean swim ever. It was yeah. better than any swim I had in Hawaii because in Hawaii the waves were always so crazy and there was like so much like elemental aspects. Yeah. and this was literally like clear water, calm water, surfers to the left that you could watch, and then like swimmers to the right. It was so gorgeous. Yeah, and it felt like real nature. That which sounds so nice. I'm not. 
Should we take a break with this beeping? Yeah. There's some misconstruction happening in my area. I think those are also the trash people. Okay, we paused it because there was beeping. Like we're in trash, the trash man beeping. Yeah. Uh, I used to really love the trash, uh, was it the garbage man when I was a kid? Oh, I used to run out. And wave. Right? Yeah. I wonder what that's I was always about. nervous, too. I would be nervous, too. I'd be like, is he going to say hi, bye? <laughs> I was like, am I disturbing a man at work? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I would be like, is this okay? Did I ever tell you about the trash truck that ran into the side of our apartment building? So when we lived um, next to each other, I there's this huge alley that everyone would put their trash in. Uh-huh. And so this giant dump truck would come every week grab our huge trash cans and stuff like that and so um my parents weren't awake at that point because they sleep in really late and so they just woke up to an earthquake mm. and they sort of you know kind of ran outside a little bit and they're like, what's going on what's going on and, and they heard a bunch of like commotion and basically what happened was the dump truck got stuck at the top of a hill mm. and the the truck driver was out like you know moving the can back back to its spot and uh the brake gave out <gasps> the brake gave out Whoa. and it just rammed into our um, apartment building everyone was fine but our car was the one car that got totaled from this dump that's <laughs> fucking crazy isn't that dude. crazy how when, when was this like i, I don't remember. i was young i was very young i you was like five or six yeah, yeah i wouldn't have been able to I wouldn't have been able understand. to tell that story. <laughs> yeah. But it was just crazy thing where, like, it just ru- like rammed into the side of the house and That's just, like, so took like, out acid. a piece of our house. Like, oh yeah. God. That is so intense. Yeah. And it, it was right where, like, we, we lived in apartment number four and then number five was the place that got hit. And mm-hmm. it's, like, this was, like, the kitchen and the breakfast nook. And, like, mm-hmm. at the time, we called it the boys' apartment because it was, like, five boys lived in this, like, I think two or three bedroom apartment. Mm-hmm. So definitely someone was, like, sharing a room or sleeping on the couch yeah. at all times. And, like, they were just, like, the people that got hit with like, this huge dump truck. Oh, my gosh. I know. That is so funny. Yeah. That was a good apartment. That was a good place. It was beautiful. I think yeah. about that place a lot. Because it was like a garden, basically. Yeah, and it was all one story. It was fairly big for a one-bedroom and harder floors. I haven't thought about it in a long time. Yeah. Because it was that big staircase would lead up to that lake. Mm-hmm. And then it was like four units or something. Yeah, it was only five units. And then my mom had so many plants. And we had like an orange tree and... The swing. Yeah. The garden nice. swing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It was cute. It was, it was really cute. cute. The James grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, so, personality quizzes. Yes. <laughs> so we definitely <laughs> took the like Myers Briggs or the sixteen personalities, like Myers Briggs one. Yeah. Um, but then we also wanted to like balance it out with something a little bit more grounding, little, which is yeah. which Disney princess are you? <laughs> Um, so if you guys want to take the quiz, uh, just Google what Disney princess are you? And it's the one that's on ohmy.disney.com. Yes. Yeah. I thought it was a great quiz. I found it, yeah, I found it comprehensive. <laughs> James turned to me and she was like, this one's harder. <laughs> She's like, this one is somehow harder for me to answer than the... <laughs> well, it's more like symbolic and esoteric because it's for children. So it's like, which color do you like the most? Yeah. Or like, and they were like, where do you live? And I was like, are you asking me like where I think I should live? Right. Like, I castle? said a cottage. I said cottage. <laughs> I was like, I wanted to say tower. And then I was like, big city. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'll be real. Yeah. 
You do live in a cottage. Yeah. It was between cottage or treehouse for me, and I was like, I'll do cottage. Because <laughs> my place has some treehouse so energy. So who did you get, James? Okay. <laughs> I got Pocahontas. Oh, no, James, you're not allowed. I know. Are you... Am I allowed to get her? You're doing digital... Uh... Brown face. No, I'm joking. <laughs> How dare you get that? No, I'm joking. Keep going. Um, so I did. I got Pocahontas. I am courageous and open-minded with an inner strength that's steady as a beating drum. Um, <laughs> Joey is giving me a look. Joey is like, can you just fucking pet me? Do you want to come up here, crazy? Okay, yeah. She's sleepy. Going. She says, wherever, it says, wherever your compass leads you, you'll be ready for the adventure. Which is, you know, it's accurate. It's good. You are literally that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're literally like, I know you as someone who's like, you would not break a plan. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, we got a birthday and it's like, okay, rally the fucking troops. That's true. That's true. And it's, it really sticks out to me because I'm, I'm not the complete opposite, but I'm like, I definitely, like, yeah. I'm flakier. I'm yeah. bad at staying on task. <laughs> But you really, like, you're, like, the birthday elf for a reason. This does, it sort of synthesizes the personality test that I got. Mm-hmm. Like, it in, and then puts it in, like, kids' language. So, we'll talk about that a little more. Okay, so who is your princess? <laughs> I know, it's weird that they're so accurate. The totally. quizzes. Totally. Like, they're chill. Mine is really accurate, like, to the sense that it's, like, my, literally my, like, profound belief on yeah. life. Um, so, I got Aurora, which is Sleeping Beauty. And it says, you're kind, curious, and eager to explore the world around you. You might also be really into taking naps, which is great. Keep being yourself, and all your dreams will come true. And that's literally, like, if I had to simplify my entire belief system, like, that's it. Yeah. It's, like, be yourself. Like, speak to your own inner nature. Um, Beverly Hills. Might be your doctor. Should we pause it? Yeah. I guess I just got a call from my doctor and my blood work, which I, you guys, I haven't had a physical in like my whole life. I yeah. Maybe when I was a kid, um, never. And then I did and I'm good. <laughs> so thank God. <laughs> yeah. My blood work came out good. Congratulations. Celebratory. Nice. Um, so what were you saying? Was I still talking about sleeping beauty? I think so. Yeah. Oh, your whole philosophy in life. Your be yourself. Oh yeah. Inner nature, which also I've been reading a lot about. The Tao, which is also called Dao, and there's, I don't know whatever, which one to say. Um, I say Dao. Because I looked it up because I was like, they said in English it's Tao, mm-hmm. and then in, is it Chinese, right? It's Dao. Mm-hmm. And so you just have to kind of decide, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I did a book report on yeah, <laughs> the Tao Te Ching on, in fourth grade. Yeah. Because my parents were like, yeah, you should do the, you should do the Tao. Mm-hmm. And then I got like made fun of in front of my class <laughs> yeah. by this one kid who was just like, it's Tao. It's Tao, he was saying. He, but he was a, literally like a fucking snot-nosed kid, like oh, Irish. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't yeah. like. <laughs> that would make me want to only say Tao. Yeah. Too. So in resistance to this child well, forever. Well, more accurate. I mean, it's the same way for me. It's like if you spell Brazil with a Z or an S and mm-hmm. it's like. It really just depends. And then I Googled it and I watched this like long video which said that in Chinese, like Tao and Tao are two words like in the Chinese language, mm. but the way that they're used is a little different in the sense that one is more of like a verb and the other one's more of a noun kind of interesting. thing. It's an interesting video. If you Google like Tao or Tao, you'll see it. It's like this guy interviewing like a, a monk. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but he yeah. didn't have like a definitive answer. 
Yeah, it was kind of like, which, and I do lean in like the Dow direction, just like I leave in like lead, like lean in like the S in Brazil direction, but it is like, it's not like one is incorrect or correct. Um, and also one isn't necessarily English either. Like they're both, um, yeah, they're both fine. Interesting. Um, but I was reading it and that's also like in line with that where it's like your inner nature and it's like keeping yourself. You yeah. Know? And then also a very sleepy person. Yeah. Very sleepy, but I get very good at taking naps. Yeah, very good at yeah. Yeah, love it. Aurora and Pocahontas. How did they meet? How did if we (laughs) were those princesses? What would happen? Um, Okay, I feel like you would be having a picnic (laughs) in the park with your little elves, right? Or dwarves, right? I'm on a date with John Smith. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, we're gonna go to the woods. And then then I'm I'm just here for the ride. And then I meet you, and I'm like, you know what? Yeah, and I have my raccoon friend, and I'm like, my raccoon friend like eats your picnic, and then I'm like, wait, raccoon friend, I've raccoon never seen, Joey. I've never seen Pocahontas, so I'm trying to like, raccoon is Joey, are you the raccoon? She is a raccoon. She's looking at me like she really wants to be the raccoon. Oh, she's a raccoon. I've actually been thinking about raccoons quite a bit recently. She looks funny. It's just crazy how if you give a dog a haircut, they're a different dog. Totally. Like she almost looks like a, a newscaster now. <laughs> she used to be more bratty after her haircuts, and this is the first time she's been like okay. <laughs> like she sometimes gets more like princessy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and then okay, so what are we for? Oh, for the thing, yeah. So, um, what is it called? Sixteen uh, personalities, or like Myers Briggs, yeah. yeah. Okay, so... Um, James is the rarest one in the world. I am. One yeah. to three percent of the population is, is me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's INFJA, so it's advocate. Um, and the image, what is the image? It's like a monkish man, like, guiding a crowd and also a tree person. <laughs> yeah, he's like... I feel like it's this guy that's green. He's like has, like, a long beard, and he's holding <laughs> his arm out, and he has maybe a sword or, like, a... No, is that a sword? Yeah, like a sash... Yeah. Um, and his his eyebrows are sort of like inflected where he's thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, oh wait, maybe this is it. I think this is. I look like a little princess. <laughs> um, <laughs> the um, yeah. So cool. It's cool. It's good. I'm into it. Basically, um, I'm someone who is introverted, intuitive. Oh, okay. Yeah. I have introverted, intuitive feeling and judging personality traits. They tend to approach life with deep thoughtfulness and imagination. Their inner vision, personal values, and a quiet, principled version of humanism guide them in all things. And then my quote is, treat people as if they were what they ought to be, and you help them become what they are capable of being. Um... This is a funny sentence. It says, advocates are the rarest type personality types of all. And then it says, still, advocate. And, like, obviously, if we're rare, like, obviously we're <laughs> going to leave our mark on the world. Like, it says, still, advocates leave their mark on the world. They have a deep sense of idealism and integrity, but they aren't idle dreamers. They take concrete sets, steps to realize their goals and make a lasting impact. I'm going to look at what the most common, what is the most? Um, this is very me, this this personality thing it says advocates a unique combination of personality traits make them complex and quite versatile for example advocates can speak with great passion and conviction especially when standing up for their ideals at other times however they may choose to be soft-spoken and understated preferring to keep the peace rather than challenge others Mm. which is very me like i'm very much like pick your battles um you know read the room (laughs) 
It's also like we were similar in the sense that we're both INF and then something. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, it's interesting because it does say that, like something that I really resonate with at this personality thing is that um, their entire lives are like defined by a mission mm-hmm. and like everything they do is sort of like in service of this mission, which is in service of the world. And like, they have to feel like they're working toward that thing. And I definitely feel that way um, all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay, what's yours? Talk about talk about it. Talk so I'm INFP, mediator. Nice. My image is like a frolicking lady who's just like <laughs> looking around in the woods at like butterflies. She's a little flower. Yeah, she has a flower in her hand. And this one's, I mean, pretty accurate. It's, it's basically... It says that we may seem quiet or unassuming, but we are very passionate in our lives, mm-hmm. creative and imaginative, and have profound emotional responses to music, art, nature, and the people around them. Mm-hmm. I think that's very much me. I'm, like, deeply affected mm-hmm. by stuff. Like, mm-hmm. like I, can, I can take it to the moon. Yeah. Um, we long for deep, soulful relationships. Always feel called to help others. I do. Um, yeah. And then something I like that it said, which I just read right now in, like, the friendship section was, like, uh, like, we don't, I don't care for attention, but I also don't want to be invisible or something. Mm. And, like, I feel like I'm always, like, skirting that line of, like, I do feel like there's a lot that I want to say and express, but yeah. I also don't want to be, like, I never want to be the loudest or, like, I don't want to be, like, a pop star, you know what I mean? I yeah. just want to, like... I'd almost like to have, like, a small inner circle of just, like, good friends that are good listeners kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so our things are pretty pretty similar. What are your 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 people? Who, who do you have? What do you mean, my people? What You're, like, people who are also... Uh, J.R.R. Tolkien, Shakespeare, Bjork, I got Alicia Keys. Nice. Uh, Julia Roberts, Johnny Depp. Oh, my God. I don't know any of these other people. Yeah, those are all, like, fake people. <laughs> um, I have... Mine are, like, crazy. Mine are literally Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King. Yeah. Um, Nelson Mandela. Mother Teresa. <laughs> More digital brown. No. Um, Marie Kondo. Lady Gaga. Oh, I like Lady Gaga. Nicole Kidman, who I also like I Morgan Freeman. could look like. Morgan Freeman. And then... I put this on my Instagram story, but <laughs> one of my fictional people is literally the character that my great-grandmother played in the Titanic. That is so trippy. Which is very trippy, and if you were, like, tuned in for last week's episode, you'll understand why she's trippy. Um, that's trippy. But, yeah, it's... It was a fun... I Something that they'd say, and I always get this when I do personality things, is, like, um, they can... You know, I have a tendency to push too hard or like I I need to like figure out how to make space for myself and like I can't fix society's deep problems without like just taking care of myself and like I always get that in things I think that's very real it is something that I have to always remind myself to do um conclusion um I feel more connected to my princess no I'm kidding um Yeah, secret life. What's my secret life? 
Oh, they want me to, like, buy the book. Oh, classic. Love that. Um, I will say my Myers-Briggs has changed a lot throughout my life, mm-hmm. but then in the past couple years, it's stayed the same as the mediator. Yeah. And I feel like it's something you should take as an adult, because I remember taking it once being, like, the career man. Yeah. But I've gone the mediator for a while, so I guess that's my evolved self. <laughs> Yeah, I think I feel like once I got, like, the artist or something, and I was like, okay, good, you know? But mm-hmm. um, but there's a whole thing with Myers-Briggs where it was sort of, like, just invented by, like, a mother and daughter, and it was created for a different purpose, and it's being used now where it's, like... For jobs. So for I jobs, watched, There's a whole yeah. documentary on this called The Personality Myth, I think. Yeah. Is that what it is? Or is that the name of the podcast I like? There's a, it's a documentary I saw on HBO and it's very new. Mm-hmm. And it was just about the issue with personality um, quizzes and the idea that now that they use them for employment and it'll like make or break you getting a right, job. Right. When in reality, like the tests themselves do not paint a really good picture of a person or like, and so they literally have like study groups where people teach you how to take the test. Mm-hmm. Like, and I just it was just so sad to watch. Yeah, but it was like they train people to use the right answers because they aren't supposed to be honest. But like the concept is is like you know when you go to work you prepare yourself to have to be more social and stuff even if you're not. Yeah, and like if you're in a customer service position you're gonna actively like take on that role even if the question is like, are you a social person? And then your mind immediately wanders to, oh, I never go out to parties on the weekend. And you say no. And right. the employer is like, oh, they're not going to be good at selling staplers. And it's yeah. like, it's just the weirdest thing. But it was saying about how like toxic it is and how much money these quiz portals make, make by sure. selling their product to employers. Yeah. It's very strange. I highly recommend that documentary because I'm really into like anti- personality quiz like yeah, yeah anti-definition yeah. stuff yeah um there's this episode i think one of the most recent episodes of this american life talks about um the psychopath test mm. where they develop this test to see if you're a psychopath and you can take it and it sort of scores you on a, a scale mm. um and the person who invented it didn't intend it for this purpose but now it is used to um figure out if people should be put on probation if they're have if they're lifers in prison Mm. and if you get like any degree on this test any part of the scale then Mm. you are usually not put on parole even if you've done everything else right Mm. like everything else and so there's a story of this one man who has done completely he's gotten multiple like business um certifications like he's meant he mended relationships with his father he wasn't even he was an accessory to a murder when he was like in like 18 mm. and so it was just this like really sort of heartbreaking thing where the guy who created the test was like i don't think that the test should be used this way like you're locking people in a system that they don't know how to get out of and it, there's no way to like reform yourself if you're test is always going to come back as like yeah it's also just how are you I don't know I just like think that we give such different answers depending on recent events Mm -hmm. it's like if I'm going through like a depressive like week or like I'm getting my period and I flaked on three people when I get the quiz I'm gonna say no I'm not a well that's the thing too is the the test focuses a lot the psychopath test at least focuses a lot on your childhood and what you were like when you were growing up and in school. And it's like, well, I'm nothing like how I was in school at that yeah, age. Like, you have to actively change the... Yeah. 
I completely agree. <laughs> it's wild. It's so wild. Yeah, like, I think of the behaviors I had as a teenager where I was, like, thought it was cool to be, like, angry and, like, reactive. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, I'm literally the opposite now because I worked on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so unfortunate. Yeah. If anyone's interested, it's, I think it's the, not the most recent, but the second most recent episode of This American Life. And it's just called, like, The Psychopath Test. Crazy. Um, yeah. Huh. So, yeah, these tests are very... I, it's, I think it speaks to just a deep human need to, like, want answers for something that there just isn't an answer for. Yeah, put things in compartments and... Yeah, and be like, okay, well, this is out of my hands because the test said this. And it's like, well, the test is man-made. It's, mm. It also is faulty in the same way. It also takes your responsibility off of... Like, if you can put someone something as like tender and important as someone's like life sentence in the hands of a test exactly you're gonna feel way more less you're gonna feel less guilty exactly yeah. or less in- possibly incorrect and that's it's like oh well it's a cop out they could be a psychopath yeah or like, like you let someone they, go you know, and you're wrong and you'll feel so guilty and it's like well the test said yeah it wasn't me yeah i mean i think a lot of what we what evolves is to skirt responsibility but at what cost absolutely <laughs> and they say like this test also makes it really difficult for people who someone like this guy who they profiled um in the episode had like a a spotless record other than this test and so like the governor can't commute his sentence because Mm -hmm. if he does any one thing then of course he'll be blown up politically and be like well he had been like marked as a psychopath Mm -hmm. and it's like well (laughs) yeah yeah you know yeah it's like whenever i fight against definitions it's like that's what i mean i remember people were so upset when i was like fuck astrology and it's like i think astrology is going in a way better direction now but yeah most people don't question it enough to get to that point where you're like yeah. oh how is this reflective and like related and like cosmic they just want to be like who should i date and who shouldn't i date and and what is this trope you know it's I mean, we talked about it before like yeah i just don't like i think it's a cop-out i think it's yeah and like you said a way to um what is it shirk responsibility or like the unknown like oh yeah, yeah just yeah absolutely we we can't handle the unknown and like the x factors and we just can't it's silly that we can't handle nuance because everything in life is nuance i know i find that really pathetic like yeah. i find it really strange <laughs> yeah like very i find it like very like sad and like when i see people like i made a video actually on tiktok recently no. um <laughs> about how if you want a video to do well like a talky video to present a binary because like some of like like three of my videos where I literally present a binary did well and Mm -hmm. one of them was like a men versus women thing that I don't even entirely believe in but just like (laughs) yeah like it was just me saying I've noticed that like women in the latter end of their 20s have a way better time than men Mm -hmm. which is true but I think of like three people right and people it's a small sample size (laughs) it's a small sample size you know (laughs) and but I do that and then I'm fully aware of the binary I'm like like puppeteering right 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 and then but then the fights in the comments yeah is like everyone arguing their side yeah and then they just love it yeah (laughs) you know and I see this on TikTok all over the place where it's like you know who's you know anti-vax and like who's vax and like who's right who's on the left and it's like do we all really believe that like there's only two groups because there isn't yeah you know it's really gnarly (laughs) no it it really is and I do think I mean it we say it's like the media but it is like 
media and like social media platforms like continue to enforce it it is our brains but it's like our brains do have the ability to break things down and think about things critically when it's presented in a format that allows us to do so that's true yeah like if you read a really beautiful book that like or even like the episode of this american life where it was like this is this test these are the things that have happened like there's also this like gray area like Mm you walk away with a nuanced thing where it's like, this test probably isn't great, but I understand why they created it and mm-hmm. like whatever. But these, it's like long form things allow your brain to like sit with two different things and process them and find the middle ground. But when everything is so quick and fast and everyone wants like a fast read or a fast bite of information, it's like you can never ever convey something mm-hmm. complicated yeah absolutely you can inspire complicated thought mm-hmm. but in terms of like taking someone's hand and like showing them the different ways of like looking at something it's impossible to do that in 15 seconds or three minutes however long a tiktok mm-hmm. video is and that yeah. that is what is so desperate to me about social media it's like it's sort of like paddling in a circle with one paddle <laughs> i know and i also like how i see it too is i'm like you guys like we're playing this game and at the end of the day mm-hmm. we're all just like who we are in a very kind of subdued not as reactive not as threatening way yep again like, at the end of the day it's like that influencer that's catching fire because a bunch of people like said they did this wrong and did this wrong it's like and at the end of the day it's like we're all just going back and like <laughs> yeah eating dinner like I don't know like it's so with like momentary peaks and yeah, like yeah it's like lines, life is yeah. not like we're trying to make everything the Hollywood version of everything like everything's totally. just this like bigger more like polarized situation and I get it and I also like I'm guilty of not guilty I enjoy it but of magnifying <laughs> <laughs> like I always say that I magnify things to understand them mm-hmm. but I do that with like my own emotions and you know metaphors that I find in stories not as ways to group people right right yeah and I guess that's the difference but I understand but I'm like does that come from the same source of the idea that if you magnify something then you can really see it for what it is Mm. like Mm. is there truth in that I think it only works on a personal level that's interesting yeah I don't know trying to think about it well like for personally for me like for instance my I spilled water on my computer this week and it's been very stressful Mm. and like it's been it has been a magnified experience that I'm going through but I'm I'm now like much more compassionate to just like people who experience chaos Mm -hmm. when it's not and it like technically is like my fault that I spilled the water but Mm. it was a tiny glitch in like the matrix of a long track record of like different behavior Mm -hmm. and so this is, yeah, so it's been a magnified experience that has given me more empathy than, like, I had before. Yeah, because you're not the type to spill things. Not at all. <laughs> not the type at all. Yeah, and, like, yeah. and yet it happened, and, and here we are, and, like, mm-hmm. and it is working out, but, like, I think magnified experiences do provide us, or if we're able to lean into them correctly, mm-hmm. like, also, or, like, embrace them and be like, what's the lesson from this, you know? Yeah, on a personal level. I'm also thinking maybe the sort of polarization and, like, the binary obsession isn't so much about magnification as much as that something exists more when it has an opposing, like, identity. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, something... It's like the left is more left because there's the right. The right is more right because there's the left. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, it's... 
But again, like, you can't really say that. And that's the thing is, like, that is a, a faction or, like, a, a group of people or, like, a an industry. But, like, people don't live in direct polarization to another person. Or they shouldn't, I guess. If they do, in then reality, that's, like, like that's unhealthy. And if that is, that's, like... Mm-hmm. truly psychopathic behavior I think like yeah. being like I am living in direct polarization <laughs> to this one person you know that doesn't make any sense and even if you look at like basic narrative of like what you first learn in literature like antagonist protagonist sure like, there's a reason right yeah I well know. I think like and story was created initially to like teach lessons through symbolism so and if you think about it like we're all <laughs> we're all just trying to find a way to create a symbol. Like, the left is a symbol and the right is a symbol. Mm-hmm. Politically. Like, I... And this is the thing that is frustrating for me is, like, these, like, narratives of, like, well, these people love the government and that's why, like, mm-hmm. they got vaccinated or, like, these people are fucking stupid and that's why they're not... You know, it's, like, mm-hmm. that's not real. That's not, like, the real thing. I'm but those are the narratives that sort of spring from the symbols of, like, the left and the right. I'm also thinking about, like, energy also, like, in the sense, like, how does that benefit energy having and opposing? Mm-hmm. And, like, isn't that kind of how batteries work? <laughs> oh, like, having two poles. Yeah. Yeah. Like, necessary to function. Mm-hmm. And, like, maybe, I don't even know if, I think it's, like, an ego performance of that. Maybe. Like, I don't even know if I'm making sense. Yeah, I get what you're saying, though. Well, that's the thing. Okay, so... I, yeah, I don't think energy needs, I don't think pure, like, spirit, conscious, cosmic energy, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. needs opposition because it actually encapsulates everything. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why, like, the computer thing, like, I'm like, I accept that as part of the energy mm-hmm. of the world because the energy of, like, this universe also includes chaotic energy and, like, that doesn't need to be yeah. labeled as bad. But I agree with that. Like, I agree the spirit is internal doesn't But what I'm what. saying is, like, when we get into, like, physical form, that's when things become more divided. And, like, that yeah. would make sense that then we need, like, the manifestation of, like, an opposing energy to, like, guide. Mm-hmm. But I guess my question is, does it have any function? Like, is it something that's gotten so whacked out, but is there a function that I'm not seeing? Like, is there a function? And that's why I think of batteries, because I'm like, oh, they work, because they have, like, opposing poles that touch. Like, right. is there something with us that, like, that's just a metaphor, but, like, is there anything that it would give function to? Movement, well, forward movement, inspiration? Yeah. I think possibly. I mean, that's the thing, is I think we need, in this physical form, we need gravity to push up against like Mm -hmm. we need something to like hold us down so that we can stand up like we wouldn't be able to stand without that um Mm. and so if you think about that as like the basis for how we need to function in this world like maybe we need something to push against especially like think about when you're a teenager you create an identity through like what you're pushing against in so many different ways totally totally um i do think it's a lower vibration but i do Mm -hmm. think it is part of our like experience and like coming into and then when you become like hopefully more evolved or like aware you work less like I used to feel like everything that I did was like to prove like a couple different people wrong and like I don't necessarily feel that way anymore I'm just vibing and seeing what works for me Mm -hmm. do I like things are moving they're not even moving slower I was gonna say things are moving slower they're actually not they're moving faster and they're moving in a more healthy way yeah yeah. but I think growing up we we do have that part of our experience Mm -hmm. but I think the thing that's happening now Mm -hmm. is like people are sort of staying in that vibration Mm -hmm. because of like the constant reflection of media, social media, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And that's like why it feels so oversaturated and kind of like, 
unnecessary, you know? Mm-hmm. But we're also sort of, like, in this phase in life. Like, I think we've talked about this, how it feels like we're very much in our, like, the soci- society, like, the world is very much in its, like, teen phase. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. Even if, yeah, I think of even if you look at just, like, the 2000s, it's, like, right now we're mm-hmm. 21. Mm-hmm. In a funny way. Yeah. 2K so. would be when we were babies. Yeah. So, and we'll see if we make it out. Like, <laughs> I know. Teen, the teen phase is if hard. Ever. It's yeah. just funny to think, like, where do we go from here? Like, I think of, it's just still so new that people are, like, constantly arguing on online and... Everyone's yeah. trying to take control of the narrative online, which is, I think, better than just a few media centers doing it. But it's like, yeah. what if we're going, wow, what happens? Yeah. Micro societies? I had a friend who used to always predict that the future would be, like, micro cities mm-hmm. that are, like, sustainable on their own, like, little... And Brazil actually does that. There's something that they do in my dad's town where they have... Um, like, I remember my uncle... It's definitely something for the wealthy, though, which is interesting. And my, mm-hmm. like, wealthier uncle... It was called, like, Idea do Vale. And it was, like, this huge place. And it has... It's, like, a huge, like, beautiful plot of land that has a bunch of houses. Mm-hmm. It's, like, a suburb. Mm-hmm. But it's more than a suburb in the sense that it's, like, designed for, like, leisure and beauty as well. Like, it's, like... Is it... It sounds like Ideal Valley when you say it is how I... S- yeah, I wonder if that's what it means. It might mean that. I have like, no idea, sure. but, like, I'm just imagining. Because like, I'm not sure what the words are. Like, I remember it sounding like, Adea do Valle. Yeah. Um, and there's, like, a school, like, a market, everything you yeah. need. Yeah. And it's out of the city. Yeah. So it is, like, a suburb. Yeah. But it's, like, there's something more, And like, suburbs in the U.S. were built for, like, the wealthy to escape the mm-hmm. urban centers that they were afraid of. Yeah. And so it's that vibe, but, like, with a little bit more, like... I don't know, like, leisure and, like, community, I Yeah. Guess. Which maybe the suburbs goal was as well. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. I mean... It just, like, doesn't look as good, maybe. Well, yeah, also the suburbs yeah. were, like, inherently white and racist, which was a problem from yeah. the get-go, so it was, like, a sw- <laughs> poison ground. Yeah. Um, and so maybe Brazil doesn't have that as much mm-hmm. in, in terms of, like, mm-hmm. energy and, like... Yeah. yeah. Um, but... I do think that's very possible, especially with, like, the emergence of um, remote working and stuff like that. And, like, people, so many people making their lives off of internet Yeah, as, like, communities just that are like-minded, you know? Mm-hmm. Especially if people are so into divisions. It's like, well, okay, are you just going to end up going further into your plot to the, to the to point it's your lifestyle Well, well? that's funny, too, because it also just sort of feels like a full circle of starting out in, like, little tribes and little villages and things like that yeah just like the 2k 80s like cycle it's like we're gonna on a bigger scale we go from like tribes to metropolitan yeah i mean i do feel like (laughs) large government systems are just not the vibe oh not at all yeah i know i think people just don't think about how different we all really are yeah you know like i tend to think about how big the u.s is and i just think it's Insane that we have one president. I'm like, we should get a couple different ones. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Well, I guess they try to do that with the states. Yeah, but it's like silly. It doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like those all-reaching laws. It's just wild. Yeah, really, just different people everywhere. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Who knows? But you know, as the mediator and the advocate, I think we can. <laughs> I just think about it until we die. Um, <laughs> Write some stories. I do wonder if we will 
see like seismic changes in our lifetime Mm -hmm. like something like that happening because there are like seismic changes happening but it's not we haven't seen the full Mm. like effects of them yet you know like will we really feel it because i'm thinking like the internet is also something that was a seismic change and like we're in the thick of it like we were born in a time where it was like all you'd really do on the computer was like really minor stuff right 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 and it's like even then like i know that the internet is fucking wild right but it's not it just happened so slowly and naturally that like yeah and also in a way that's still like even like the whole tiktok thing like being at saddle ranch i was like this could be really surreal and weird but like the only difference here is that a phone is involved but the source of this feeling is people just wanting to feel special and seen which has been happening since the beginning of time yes like la has been even before computers and iphones and everything yeah it was a place where you'd hang out in the bar and see who'd show up so it's like the same vibe it's just documentable like it's not that different right no i agree with that i think well i mean if we're talking about like people moving into micro communities and like Mm. the the dissolving of the like large government federal government Mm -hmm. then that would be something we would definitely feel but like the internet is funny because it's like you can as soon as you step away from your phone like (laughs) a lot of the effects aren't felt Oh, totally. And that's what's yeah. so funny about it. Like, when I went off Instagram, I went off Instagram a couple times for a series of months mm-hmm. in the past two years. And, like, I'm just like, oh, the entire, this entire world I can just choose to step away from. Mm-hmm. And that's insane. Like, it's kind of insane how we live, we do live in two, two universes. Yeah, absolutely. And they're not parallel universes. They're very much intersecting. But we can just choose to cut one of them off at any mm-hmm. time. And also just, like, the loose use of the word community online I think like whenever I get online I'm like no my community is literally the people I see every day Mm -hmm. who are nearby me because it's like you're literally in a shared frequency in shared circumstances like it's just and then I think you go online it's like a community that can't even be quantified into a community because there's no sense there like there's not even a shared like mind in any way it's true but there is there is something I don't know what it is, but there's the human. There's something the human community. Yeah. <laughs> the final boss of all communities is the entire human right. population. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's also I. <laughs> I mean, we're, I feel like we're like ending. Right? Like we should, but I end up having that experience of like the stuff I see on the internet always getting proven wrong in real life. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. And that's something I'm always like feeling which is like oh the internet made me feel like this narrative was true but then you know in person it's a little bit different (laughs) totally I mean I try I've tried to like curate my online experience to be less about narrative Mm -hmm. and I think I'm happier for it yeah definitely like I feel like I'm in a museum when I go on Instagram as it should be you know yeah and like I'm not on TikTok maybe I will be at some point but like I don't have like the urge to be at this point mm-hmm. and so yeah I think that is a whole other world where it's a lot more in your face but like I'm at this point very comfortable in like the little um hut that I've like built out of like each person's yeah. account and then I walk in and it's, it's like there it's for like beauty yeah and I think TikTok's very much like an open form of like everyone like all ages like yeah you have like the little dancer people but then you also have like like a 40 year old like doctor and then mm-hmm. like a 60 year old like scientist like I don't know there's just like everyone's there yeah 
and it's it's wild and it's fun. It used to really freak me out, and now I'm just like, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the people on my phone. <laughs> the little people in there. Yeah, well, um, have a great time in the woods. Thank you, and thank you guys for listening to this. Uh, just kind of like stream of consciousness episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had fun. I, I had a packing. Was good. I had a great time. Yeah. I, I unpacked <laughs> some things. Um, yeah, same. And yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Keep it going. Keep on going. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs>